You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. For anyone man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away. All things are what? New. We are a new creation in Christ. The new creation, the new Peter. Yes, he was still volatile. Yes, he still had a hot temper. But those things were changing and those things were going about him. When you accept Jesus into your heart, you're truly becoming anew. Today, Pastor Dave teaches you that Jesus should bring about avid change in your life. You should feel different and act off of different motives. Your life should no longer be all about you, but instead about the Father and enriching His kingdom. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 1 as he begins his message, Come As You Are. We're going to finish a chapter today. Now, don't expect these little treats every day, but we are going to finish a chapter this morning. So if you will turn into your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Specifically, we're going to reread 35, and we're going to read down to the end of the chapter in 51. So if you'll find that. If you've come here and you're new and you would don't have your sword with you or you're left it at home or whatever, raise your hand. We'll get you a Bible that you can follow along with. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. Um, The Gospel of John, chapter 1. Let's read through beginning at verse 35. Now, I know we talked about verse 35 through 42 or 41 last week, but I'm going to pick that up a little bit and go along, and we're going to move through to 51. We will finish the chapter. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 35. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated, Teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour, and that's about 4 p.m. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated to Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. 
Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Let me start off this morning by asking you a simple question. Have many of you, and I know you have, I know the answer, this is rhetorical, but how many of you have seen a great movie or eaten at a really good restaurant or taken a vacation that was so great that you could not stop talking about your experience and you would tell anyone who would listen? Maybe that's happened to you. Maybe it's happened to you recently. So you wanted them to see the movie. You wanted them to eat at this restaurant, or you wanted them to go to this vacation spot. You wanted to check this out for themselves. Why? Because you had firsthand knowledge and a firsthand experience of either the movie or the restaurant or the vacation spot. You wanted to share that knowledge. You wanted to share that experience, and you hope that others would then have the same experience that you had. They would enjoy the movie. They would, they would love the restaurant. Or they might even go to the vacation spot because of what you had said to them. First-hand information or first-hand experience is gained or learned directly rather than from other people or books. For example, I can read as many menus as I want. I can read as many menus as I want. But if I do not go to the actual restaurant and taste the food, I really haven't experienced the restaurant. This explains, in my opinion, why eyewitnesses are so important to police investigations. They saw everything firsthand. They were there. It happened to them or around them. They saw it first. They experienced. They had firsthand knowledge of the incidents. But sometimes we do receive knowledge from someone who had firsthand experience. And this kind of whets our appetite. When you tell somebody about that movie that was so great, you got to see this movie. Or you tell them about that restaurant that serves sandwiches this big. Or that great vacation spot where you got that great tan. People hear that, they become curious. Maybe they'll seek that out for themselves. Last week, we saw two of John the Baptist's disciples begin to follow Jesus. They were intrigued by John's testimony. They had heard what John said. John, the Baptist, had firsthand experience with God. God spoke to him. God sent him. God told him who to look for that would be the Messiah. John had first experience, firsthand experience with that. And his disciples heard this. They heard John's teaching. They heard his preaching. And they gleaned from it about the coming Messiah. Then they watched as John pointed. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world as he points at Jesus Christ. He did this two times. And this made an impression upon them. This made an impression upon them. So they put everything together. John's testimony, John's witness, if you will. John pointing at the man walking toward him and claiming that that was him. John's firsthand knowledge. They put all this together. And they said, we need to find this out about ourselves. We need to look about this and say, 
What's this all about? So they then decided to follow Jesus. We said, remember that they were curious. We said they were curious, and curiosity got the better of them. And they went and were drawn to Jesus. They asked him, where are you staying? Where are you staying? They wanted to know more about him. They really didn't know what to ask, but they said, where are you staying? And they got a very interesting response. Jesus said, come and see. Come and see. Said that in verse 39. Jesus was inviting them to come closer. He was inviting them to speak with him, to learn of him, to find out all about him for themselves. Jesus wanted to give them firsthand knowledge and firsthand experience of who he is. They spent a long time with Jesus, and they went from being curious to being convinced. And this led Andrew, one of the two, to go immediately to his brother and grab him by the scruff of his neck and says, We found him. We found him. Can you imagine the excitement in Andrew's heart? We found him. The one who Moses talked about. The one who the law talked about. The one who the prophets had foretold of. We found him. Simon, you got to see this guy. you got to meet this guy. you got to hear what he has to say. Spend some time with him. Simon. Andrew's experience was so exciting. Andrew's experience was so exciting that he had been with Jesus, he couldn't contain himself. He really couldn't contain himself. I don't know if I told you this before, but this is a story of a friend of mine who uh, was newly saved and really, really on fire. We went to some sort of conference, and it took his little fire and made it into a roaring bonfire. I mean, this was a huge bonfire. This guy was just really, really excited. And we were coming home, and we had to stop at the rest area. So we go into the men's room, and we're all doing our business, and he starts witnessing to the guy next to him. That's how excited he was about Jesus Christ. He couldn't contain what he learned. He couldn't contain what had happened in his heart. He couldn't contain that. It was bursting within him. He had to tell someone about Jesus. He had to tell them about his Savior. Andrew felt the same way. Andrew's experience just was so powerful. It was so real speaking to him. I wonder what they talked about. I wonder what they talked about. Jesus must have told Andrew that he was the Messiah in some way, that he was the one foretold of, because that's what Andrew tells his brother. We found him. We found him. And he uses the very word. The Messiah means the Christ. It means the anointed one. It means the one who would come. In 42, in verse 42, we see Andrew bringing his brother Simon to Jesus. It says, and he, Andrew, brought him, Simon, to Jesus. He takes his brother Now, we're hoping that Simon went willingly, but we don't know if Andrew drug him or not. And imagine, come on, you got to see this guy. Come on, you got to see him. Come on. What's interesting to me, when they get there, this John who writes this doesn't record any introductions. Jesus, Simon, Simon, Jesus. There's no introduction. Why? There was none needed. Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew who he was, and calls him by name, Simon, the son of Jonah. In fact, many people get confused and think his last name is Bar-Jonah, because in Matthew, Jesus says, Simon Bar-Jonah. Bar-Jonah simply means son of Jonah. So, Simon, son of Jonah. Jesus knows your name. 
Jesus knows your name. And he has called you by that name. Jesus knows all our names. In fact, there was a great song out telling, he knows my name. He knows my every thought. He knows that each tear that falls. Beautiful, beautiful song. He knows my name. But Jesus isn't finished because he looks at Simon and he says, I'm going to change your name. I'm going to change your name, Simon. You shall be called Cephas, Peter, which is translated stone. Now, most of you are biblical students. I know that. You know that during Peter's walk with Jesus Christ, he was anything but a rock. Jesus was, I mean, excuse me, Peter was anything but a rock. He was unreliable, he was hot-tempered, and at some times he was violent. That was his M.O. To the point where he cut off the ear of Malchus, the servant who was coming to arrest Jesus. He had this fits of temper. But in changing Simon's name, Jesus basically predicted a change in his personality. Saying, yeah, Simon, I know, you're pretty unstable right now. There are a lot of things about yourself that you don't know, and you'll discover along the way. But I know that now when you have this firsthand knowledge of me, when you experience all that you can experience, you're going to become a rock. You're going to become a rock. I see your potential, Peter. You'll, you'll go through many ups. You'll go through many downs. There'll be times when you cry, but in the end, you're going to be my rock. You're going to be a rock. So my question today is, when did Peter become the rock? When did Peter become the rock? When did Peter become the rock? I can tell you when. It's found in Acts 1. Actually, it's found in Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit baptized Peter. When the Holy Spirit baptized Peter and gave him power. When the Holy Spirit came upon them all, and Peter had this great power, and he goes out, and he gives this wonderful, beautiful sermon, and 3,000 people are saved in one day. That's a rock. From then on, he didn't waver. He still had some problems now and then, but he never wavered from his faith. He never wavered. He became strong. He was the rock. And this should give us so much hope. The hope that we too are going to be changed. Some of us are changed overnight. Others, it takes a while. Others, it's a process that we go through. And we're changed. We're moved here. We're not what we used to be. We're not what we were. When you accept Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, for anyone man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away. All things are what? New. We are a new creation in Christ. The new creation, the new Peter. Yes, he was still volatile. Yes, he still had a hot temper. But those things were changing, and those things were going about him. It was Peter. Called Peter by name. In verse 43, it says, The following day, the very, very next day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Interesting. It's interesting, and I love this about Jesus. He never says the same thing twice, although he did say this to Matthew. He doesn't say the same thing. He doesn't come to people in the same way. It's not a, you can't open a box and say, This is the way Jesus acts. You can't put something out there and go, Jesus is going to act this way because this is the way he always acts. No. No. And I love those people who go, well, not, well, when I found the Lord, excuse me, it says right here that Jesus found Philip. The hound of heaven found Philip. The hound of heaven tracked me down and found me. 
interesting. He says, come and see. And here he uses that Greek word that we looked at last week called akalatheo. It simply means to come and be my companion. Come and be my companion. What's he asking Philip to do? He's telling Philip to come and spend time with me. Come and get firsthand knowledge, firsthand experience of who I am. Hey, Philip, come and hang out for a while. Come and hang out and fellowship with me. And your life will change forever. Jesus wants people to follow him. Remember, following Jesus is the first step. We follow him. We must follow and believe upon him whom God has sent. That's the first step. That born-again experience. Must follow Jesus and be born again. We follow him. We learn of him. And then we experience him in our lives. And we become convinced he is who he says he is. He is who the word of God says he is. He is the son of God. He is God incarnate. He is God. And we believe that, and it becomes part of us. It becomes entrenched in us, and we become convinced. We get that firsthand experience. And when we get that firsthand experience, something happens. Look at 44. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the same city of Andrew and, and Peter, and Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So, Philip having this first-hand knowledge of Jesus now, cannot contain himself. There's a pattern here, folks. There might not be a pattern with Jesus Christ, but there certainly is a pattern with those who believe in him. There's a pattern. They can't contain themselves. They, they know Jesus. They accepted him. They experience him. They see all he has done, and there comes a pattern. They want to tell somebody else. They want to go, and he can't rest until he finds somebody, and he goes and he seeks Nathaniel. And once again, he uses the same words as Andrew uses, we found him. We found him. And like I said, they really didn't find him. Jesus found them. But they said, we found him. We discovered him. We found out who he was. Philip's a newbie. Philip is a newbie in Christ. He's a new kid, but he seeks out Daniel just to tell him what a the experience he had. Once again, Philip, just like Andrew, can't contain his excitement. He can't contain his excitement of what Jesus has done in his life. What an exciting time. When you spend time with Jesus, you will not be able to contain your excitement. It will overflow. Torrents of living waters will flow from you as you spend time with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Torrents of living water will flow out of you. You can't contain your excitement. And this is what happens now to Philip. We have no idea how long Philip spent with Jesus. doesn't say, so we can't surmise. But it was long enough to convince Philip that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was the Son of God. And it was enough to make him want to go tell others about it. I love Nathaniel's answer. Nathaniel shows his true colors. Not quite sure what Philip was looking for, but there's a different response than what Andrew received. It's a different response. Look at verse 46. And Nathanael said to him, anything good come out of Nazareth? Wow. What a prejudicial response. He was showing his true colors. That shows you how well people from Nazareth were esteemed. They weren't. They were thought of as the lowest of low. They used to make jokes about him. Be careful, you become a Nazarene. Nobody wanted to be associated with what came from Nazareth. 
He reveals his disgust for the Galileans. He reveals his disgust and his prejudicial issues. I love Philip. I tell you what, when you've seen the Lord and you've had experiences with him and you are just on fire with him, nothing keeps you down. Nothing throws you off track. What did Philip do? Does he give up and go, well, okay, and walk away? Does he get discouraged? Does he get out his Bible and start preaching a message to Nathaniel? Does he tell them? No. He says two extremely important words and things that we need to look at. Come and see. He now uses Jesus' own words to Nathaniel. Come and see. Instead of arguing with Nathaniel about Nathaniel's prejudice, he could argue with him. Well, you know, it's not nice to be prejudiced. We should like everybody. Instead of arguing about this, about who won the election, about who did this and who did that, all, the, all Philip says is, come and see. Come and see. Philip simply looks at Nathaniel and said, come and see for yourself. Come and see. We've heard about the Messiah. We've heard about the coming king, and guess what, Nathaniel? We found him. Philip didn't preach. He didn't start condemning Nathaniel because Nathaniel had prejudicial issues. He didn't start doing that. He didn't start throwing the law against him. He didn't judge his actions. He didn't judge him. He invited Nathaniel to do one simple thing. Come and see. Come and see Jesus. Come and see him. Come and get firsthand knowledge and firsthand experience with the Messiah himself. Come, see for yourself. And after you talked with him, after you visited him, then Nathaniel, you decide. You decide. Because when it gets right down to it, folks, we all have to make that decision ourselves. We all have to make that decision ourselves. My most, my most, I have so many most favorite passages in the Bible, it's ridiculous. I say that about every passage. But one of my most favorite passages in the Bibles is Matthew 16, when Jesus looks at his disciples and says, Who do men say that I am? And they're throwing out, Oh, some say you're John the Baptist reincarnated. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're that prophet. They're throwing out all these things. And Jesus cuts to the quick. No, 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 no. Who do you say I am? It's the inescapable question. It's the inescapable question that every one of you and every one of the world will have to answer one day. Who do you say Jesus is? See, it's for you to decide. Come and see. Come and see. Spend time with Jesus, and then you decide who he is. Because that's the question you're going to ask when you seek in heaven. What did you do with my son? Well, I heard he was a great prophet. Wrong answer. Elevator down. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And of course, you know our man, Peter. Now, Christ, son of the living God. Yeah, I said that. He even gets blessed by Jesus. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. You are a The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. 
Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.